Welcome to the Popish Plotcast. I'm Nate. I'm Jessica. And I'm Mike. We are three lay Catholics who are attempting to share our love of the Catholic Church with others in the hopes that they might be able to develop their own love for being a member of the Catholic Church. We're just trying to live out our charism of friendship and fun and hope that you find this an encouragement in your walk with Jesus Christ in his holy church. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Popish Plot. I'm Mike. I'm Jessica. And I'm Nate. And this is the Gunpowder Plot. Remember, 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 the 5th of November, the Gunpowder Treason and Plot. I know of no reason why the Gunpowder Treason should ever be forgot. Because it's not that important. It failed. It's it's a it's a minor plot point in English history. Actually, it should be remembered because it was a horrible idea. And... I think it has relevance for us today. Okay. Mm. Is it because you see those masks that people wear because they, they think it's really cool and they have no idea the history behind it, but it was from that one movie? No. <laughs> What's really fun about that is people are trying to make this big anti-corporate statement by wearing Guy Fox masks, which they buy from Warner Brothers. And also he was a royalist, so, you know. Well, so, <laughs> cast your minds back to England. <laughs> We're not doing the Scooby-Doo ending. Oh. <laughs> I, I thought of it more as the uh, you know, Wayne's World thing, but okay. Yeah, where they did the Scooby-Doo ending. <laughs> well, they did it for other things, too. <laughs> so, England, after the Reformation, things are awful. Mm. Do they not have a cuppa? Well, they do, but if you're Catholic, you have to pay a special tax not to go to church. Are you sure a cuppa will not solve that? Because wait, wait. I've seen enough British shows to show that a cuppa solves everything. Wait, wait, a dead listen, body I, in your garden? Cuppa. Listen, I'm not saying that it's not... Let's say you're a recusant and you're being persecuted. It's better to be a recusant under persecution with a cuppa than without a cuppa. Wait, wait. But it still doesn't solve being a recusant under persecution. Not going to church? You're required to, once a year, go to Anglican service... Or you have to pay a hefty fine. The law required you to go to the Church of England's you know, mockery of the sacrament or pay a fine. Oh, well, if it's a mockery of a... Wait, are we saying all of their services were a mockery of, a, of the yes. sacrament? Okay. It, this was during the time in which the, the, the Calvinists kind of took over the Henry VIII, I want the church, but I want to be in charge so I can get a divorce. Right, right, so right. it was very much, you know... All right, I'm just I'm just thinking. Currently, I could go to my mass and then still go to another church, and, and as long as I'm not communing with that other church, I'm technically okay. That's a recent development. Yeah, this this besides this is the official state church, and you have to go, and it's it's things weren't cool then. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I I spent a lot of time not being cool, so I get that. <laughs> Good Queen Bess, Queen Elizabeth the first, was dead. Huzzah. But there was a so, question. In my opinion, that's the only thing really all that good about her. But <sighs> but we should still pray for the repose of her blackened evil soul. Yes. But there was a question because she'd pointedly stayed unmarried who was going to be in charge. There were several Stuarts who might have been heirs to the throne. The one who came to the throne was James VI of Scotland, the son of Elizabeth I's great rival, whom she'd killed, Mary, Queen of Scots. But nevertheless, he had the best claim to the throne. And when he became King of England, so he became James VI of Scotland and first of England, mm -hmm. they were in personal union through him, but they wouldn't become one country for another century. Correct. Yes, very complicated stuff. Yeah, so at first, Catholics thought they had reason to be glad, because it was all kind of illegal to be a priest in England, and anytime they wanted to, they could just kill you for the crime of being a Catholic priest. And while it wasn't illegal to be a Catholic layperson, again, you had real trouble getting to priests, and you had to pay taxes for being not an Anglican. Yes. Problem the problem was James wanted to uh, keep his head firmly on his shoulders, and he was in a time where everybody was not entirely on his side. Yeah, so he, became, he becomes king, 
in March of 1603. In July 1603, he faces a, you know, attempt to kill him and replace him with his daughter called the Main Plot. And after that, he gets a little more paranoid. And then somebody gets the bright idea to send his wife a rosary. And that just completely freaks him out. So in March of 1604, he delivered a really hammering speech where he called Protestantism the true religion and told the Catholics they would give up all plans of ever coming back into power and they should stop having so much, so many kids. Mm. And so some people got a little desperate. Yeah. There was a fellow, a, a, a rather rather rebellious, Ill, you know, kind of cantankerous fellow anyway, named Robert Catesby. Okay. And he decides, in order to serve our Lord Jesus Christ, we need to commit mass murder. Oh, whoa, whoa. I know, whoa. right? I mean, wait, wait, wait. This is against the British? So, I mean, the majority of the world is going to agree at a certain time that, yeah, we should kill the British. <laughs> but but he's not less British. Listen, we're also British because, again, they took over everything and, you know. Jesus tells us to love our enemies. And, and at the same time, you have the rule that says anytime you think God is telling you to do something, and it involves something that it, that would, under any other circumstances, be gravely sinful, that's not God. So, listen... I'm not saying they don't have good things. <laughs> their, their, their tea in which they put flowers in it is very nice. I, Listen, I, I, I like an Earl Grey. I, mean. I am the most Irish person here. We can't hate the British. Hating is anti-Christian. See, we need to get your Scottish counterpart because apparently at their football matches, the Scottish <laughs> chant is we hate the British more. Sure. And, and, sure. and I'm the most Anglophile here. And, and I kind of really want to hope that, you know, at some point in time we can once again be unified with, with the English. Amen. So, Catsby gets together a group of fellow miscreants and they start plotting really dark stuff. They go to the King of Spain looking for help, but even though Spain and England are technically in a state of war, he wants good relations with James, and later on they would sign the Treaty of London. Well, like, James was probably, like, some level of nephew or something, given his so mom it's, and so at some, being... So at some point in time, these, these miscreants should have asked themselves, are we the baddies? They certainly should have asked themselves, what would Jesus do? Well, they couldn't ask because they couldn't find a priest because that was illegal, see? <laughs> Yes, and nobody was asking themselves what would Jesus do. It wasn't nineteen. It wasn't post nineteen ninety five America. They didn't have bracelets yet. <laughs> they didn't have the bracelets. But it's still something all of us should be doing all the time. So someday it'll be knock over a table. <laughs> yeah, there is a time and a place when it is the job to knock over a table. Absolutely. Well, let he, me say this. Jesus may have taken the only one though. But let me say this: I'm absolutely confident there is never a time when the Christian thing to do is to blow up Parliament with the king and everyone else in it. And yet, that's what Catesby and his gang decided to do. No, although theoretically, blowing up an empty Parliament building might be the correct thing to do. Possibly, I mean, there could be structural damages. You know, you could implode it. There's, there, you can make an argument, although there's a lot of property destruction there. But, but seriously, I, I'm not even entirely sure how much gunpowder you'd need to blow up all of Parliament. It's a big building. It, even that, even then, it was a big building. It is, but gunpowder's good stuff, man. It is, but it it's is not, not like they had C4 or anything. It's not like it's not like it's really good <laughs> high energy explosive. <laughs> yes, but it's it's not like the buildings were made with rebar. Yes, yes. Once right, there was no reinforced concrete. All burn down, but it, it was all brick and mortar and wood. Yes. Well, um, in for the for the 400th anniversary of the gunpowder plot, mm -hmm. the British TV channel ITV built a replica of the House of Parliament as it existed then. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because even though, you know, spoiler, the gunpowder plot failed, but it did burn to the ground in the Great London Fire of 1666. Okay. So they built what it looked like then, and they put a bunch of barrels of gunpowder. They blew the thing to high heaven. <laughs> if if the gunpowder plot had worked, it would have killed 
hundreds of people. Not just the people in Parliament, but no, like people the, in, well, no, in the around. The hundreds of people in Parliament. Oh, okay, but, but I'm saying, you blow a building up. Sure. There's going to be some collateral damage. Yeah. But So Catesby and his group, their plan is, we're going to kill the king and replace him. Except there's a lot of powerful people who really don't want Catholics to replace the king with a Catholic stooge. No. So we can't just kill the king. We're going to have to kill the king and the Parliament and most of the Anglican clergy who serve in the House of Lords. Oh, see, see, this is the problem. Once you once you get like five steps in to make it work, it's too it's too complicated. <laughs> and, and seriously, they've got they've got a plan A, and, and they might even have a plan B. But I'm still not seeing plan two. Well, but here's the thing: it came within a hair of working. Well, because that, part one. Well, because they got you know the undercroft, the basement beneath the Parliament. They got that rented to them. Okay. They snuck in many barrels of gunpowder. Okay. And the British, the the English, there were no British then, the English, were none the wiser until a letter was received by a guy named Baron Monteagle warning him, hey, um, something bad is going to happen on this date, so you probably shouldn't show up. I, I hate that letter. And I'm Mon- just saying, if, if, you're, if you're in for murdering people, you, you don't tell the one guy who might technically be Catholic in, in Parliament, yeah. hey, we're doing something. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say, you know, I, I, I strongly uh, discourage anybody from committing mass murder. However, <laughs> however, it's usually at, right the, out. <laughs> at the point at which you are going to be in for committing a relatively indiscriminate mass murder, you really gotta, you really gotta be willing to sign on to the fact that there are gonna be some broken eggs, and you're just gonna have to live with it. Now, of course, we don't know who. All these years later, we don't know who wrote that letter. Some suspect that Mont Eagle knew about the plot, and he wrote it himself to cover himself, ah, make him so, keep but, himself looking like a loyalist. Yeah. So anyway, he took the letter to the intelligence service, and they started searching. And lo and behold, they found this guy, Guido, or Guy Fox, mm. in the basement of Parliament with some fire looking to set off some explosives uh. on the 5th of November, 1605. Okay. Now, from here, things just went downhill. Praise God, he was not able to blow up the Parliament. Okay. I'm not that, a fan that's... of James the Sixth and First. He was a moral monster. But murdering him is not cool. Yeah. Yeah. In something like that, you're creating two monsters because you're killing the monster that you need to kill off, but you're making yourself a monster in his place. And having studied how whenever there was a, a vacuum for the king, mm-hmm. a horrible problems. See, this is where I feel plan two was not thoroughly developed. Plan one <laughs> was was pretty solid. They came kill within the a hair's breadth. What's that? King, kill a king and everybody, and everybody that could help keep a king like him in place. Mm-hmm. We've got that. Well, they were going next to, step. They were going to kidnap the king's daughter, Arbella Stewart, and put her. No, sorry, Elizabeth Stewart, and put her on the throne. Okay. She eventually became the wife of the Elector of the Palatine, and briefly she was Queen of Bohemia. Yeah. So they did have a plan, but again, when your plan is built on the deaths of hundreds of people, it's a terrible plan. Terrible plan. I'm just saying, for our show's purposes, it's a horrible plan. Having studied English history, this is not like in the top ten of horrible plans of English. Oh, I'm not saying that there aren't worse plans. There are much worse plans. <laughs> but anyway, here, here's the here's the worst part of the gunpowder plot. Okay. Is it the horrible masks that are owned by Warner Brothers? No, no, that's that's deli- that's just hilarious. <laughs> all the all the anti corporate anarchists who wear Guy Fox masks. Is it the subpar effigies that they burn? <laughs> no. Well, sometimes they're good, but it's you know. <laughs> it's related to that. Okay. Because you know, Catesby and Fox and all of their ilk 
were upset about the oppression of Catholics in England. After the gunpowder plot, all they did was make it worse. Catesby was killed in a gunfight. Fox and others were being hanged. So they got off relatively light. But the people they were supposedly trying to help, supposedly trying, the Catholics, they were trying to free from English oppression. They just made their lives worse. Parliament passed new legislation that further restricted the rights of Catholics and made the fines for not going to Anglican service and not receiving Anglican communion even higher. Mm. And Catholics would not be emancipated not granted equal citizenship in Britain for over 200 years, until the 1830s. I think I know how to avoid taking uh, Anglican communion in that case. It's a little risky, though. Are you going to pretend to have a heart attack every time you show up at church? No. <laughs> because that would be hilarious. No. You need to... <laughs> it's you, a big one! I'm calling Elizabeth! For, for, for the time that you spend in the Anglican service, you need to make sure that you are in a state of grave sin. Worse plan than just not going. Let I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I'm not associated in any way with Nate's plan. <laughs> like, like I was gonna point out that you know. I did say it was risky. Okay. Literally, they're not equal today because in my lifetime they made it so that a, a person who wasn't going to be a sitting on the throne could be Catholic and marry you know the the crown prince or something. You know, after all the princes that were, you know, in my age range were already married, you know, not that was going to happen. But, you know, you still can't be a Catholic and be the king or queen of England. You can be Buddhist, you can be Hindu. You can be atheist, be <laughs> but you can't be a Catholic. It's really cool. Every every couple of years, there's a story about another member of the royal family who gives up their place in line. Obviously, they were never going to sit on the throne anyway because they're like 14th. I mean, unless but it's like a King Ralph 34th. thing. But, you know. yeah, yeah, but it happens every couple of years that one of them will give up their place because they are received into full communion with the church. Because these days, nobody wants to be Anglican because it's a completely worldly church. And, and when you when you when you say uh, when you say it's a King Ralph thing, really, what you mean? It's a, it's a Pope Nate thing. We haven't done that yet for the show. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> like, but this is an Easter egg. But w- w- one last thing on the, on the gunpowder plot. We've just had an extremely contentious presidential election, and we filmed this before we found the results. Yeah, so hopefully, they're not horrible that everything blew up. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I, the world hasn't collapsed in on itself. I say this with confidence. Approximately half the electorate are. Very pleased, but also very condescending and smug towards the other side. Yeah, and the other right. half of the electorate are inconsolable and convinced that the sky is falling. Yeah, that no. sounds about. I'm confident. You say, that's that, true. you say that about the electorate, but I think I, I think that's pretty much everybody. I'm I mean, confident that's true, no matter how it turned out. Yeah. But it's the only way. It's the only way our elections work anymore. Yeah. With the I miss the old man president. Sure. With <laughs> the negative consequences of you know lots of societal tension with a distinct lack of charity in our public discourse, there are some voices who are becoming more and more sympathetic to the idea of political violence as a solution to our problems. Mm, yes. Which it works even less now because yeah, but, it's much more divided. And I, but spaces I, and... I beg you. And, it only, and, and the violence only polarizes everything. I'm to take saying, the example of like the gunpowder There's like 200 people block. in the presidential chain of command of if this one dies, then that. Well, again, just violence is not the answer. The most likely outcome, besides the fact that you're going to do horrific damage to your own soul and anyone you intend to harm, it's also most likely that you're not going to solve the problem you want to solve and you're going to make things worse for the people you think you're helping. Actually, in a best case scenario, you will make it worse for the people you are trying to help. More likely, you will make it worse for everybody. 
So instead of viewing each other as enemies and resorting to deeply unchristian means, let us renew our commitment to charity, which doesn't just mean giving to the poor, but regarding every person you encounter as the child of God they are. Yes. And in cases in which you, you cannot interact with them, just unfriend them. Sometimes that's the most charitable thing. Or, 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 or just mute them so you don't see yeah. their feed. Mm -hmm. There are many people where it's like, I have to love you in person. Unfollow. <laughs> Just be like me prior to COVID. Oh, we're talking politics now. I'm, I believe I hear somebody calling my name from the other room. What? What? Of course. Right. Yes, gotta go. <laughs> I believe Jess is calling me. She's sitting right there. What's that, sweetie? Yeah. Yeah. So, study history. Know the gunpowder plot. Know that it was a terrible, terrible idea that harmed everyone and... Let's and it not should even, never be forgotten. Let's not forget, and let's not even remotely consider doing anything like that today. Thank you for listening to the Popish Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please rate and review us, as that will help more people to find the podcast and to join in on the fun. You can contact oh, us at yes. thepopishplot at gmail.com. Find us on the Twitters at thepopishplot. Or you can search for Popish Plot on Facebook. Please rate, review, and we really do enjoy hearing from you. So get in touch. And until next time, as always, remember to live your faith. Love your faith. And share, share that love. love.